Okay, now is, I guess, my favorite Ross uh, <laughs> in Tallahassee. Um, Jared There's Ross. There's so many of us. There is, well, I mean, I guess now, I mean, I've got to count Ashley in that yes. mix. So she would probably be my favorite. Um, this is one of my top five favorite Rosses. Uh, Jared Ross, um, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you, uh, especially during these trying but very important times. Well, I appreciate you coming on. I feel like, I've told people, I feel like kind of like the CB uh, operator uh, and like the guy that, you know, drives one of the big rigs and people just want to like listen to for a little bit. And then maybe it's an interesting conversation. Maybe it's not, but they are driving cross country. So what else do they have to do? And so people are just, you know, it's it's been kind of fun how, you know, we've got like 25 of these now. People are reaching out. They want to be on. I think part of it is people want to just connect with some of the people that yeah. they are not able to connect with right now. And so, you know, I'll do these as long as we can. And so it's good to have, you know, folks like yourself on, um, you know, Basically, I, I, I start off kind of asking everybody, how are you doing? Like, how's the mental health for you? How's your family? Like, are you guys getting by? I know you guys are getting by okay, you know, with the wherewithal, but like, how's the stress level? How's that kind of thing going on right now? Well, I, I appreciate you asking. You know, so far it's been pretty good. Um, you know, my wife who works for the attorney general's office is an attorney uh, there has been able to work from home. Uh, which has been helpful. Uh, I've got two kids, an eight-year-old and a five-year-old, and, and they're trying to adjust. Uh, they've been on extended spring break right now, uh, but spring break has changed. You know, we were supposed to go out to Colorado and go skiing, and instead we are uh, hunkered down at home, social distancing, um, taking walks around the neighborhood, uh, and, and just trying to keep them busy. But right now we've been pretty good. Um, you know, we'll see how that that goes the longer they're at home. Uh, they do start virtual school next week. So we'll, we'll be interested to see how that goes. But, you know, I think uh, the fact that we've been able to use technology to connect with people has really helped. Uh, and, and I think, you know, when you and I were younger, we may not have been able to do things that they're able to do now. And uh, I think that's been extremely helpful. You know, the technology is is amazing. Um, yeah. Like, uh, thank God we have Wi-Fi. I do think that there would probably be, I, I, I think there might be civic unrest, and I'm not trying <laughs> to be uh, one of those people, but I think that if there wasn't Wi-Fi, there wasn't a steady stream of information and a way to, you know, educate children from remote distance, uh, keep people entertained at night. Um, yeah, I think you'd have a lot more a lot more problems right now. So the technology has been a godsend during this uh, pandemic. Um, I, I worry about, you know, like how long, like the, I'm, I'm kind of on the fence when it comes to the homeschooling thing. I love homeschooling. I, I see how good Michelle does it with Ella, but I read an article in the New York Times that I've talked about a couple times now on these pods. It was from a person, I believe she's got a doctorate in education leadership you know, if you've got young kids, like homeschooling, like the idea of like doing like remote education and this like this huge build out of, um, of, of of programming, I don't know how long that can be sustained. I don't know if, you know, I don't know, I don't know if parents are ready or capable of doing that. Well, I, I think one of the big issues is 
you know, you can learn as much as you want as far as out of books and, and off videos. Uh, but a lot of what school is about is about the social interaction. And it's about, you know, being out of the house for a little while and, and interacting with your friends and your peers. And not having that is going to be very difficult for, for people of our kids' age uh, that don't understand why they're having to do this. I think, you know, my, my kids are a little understanding of what's going on. You know, they're talking a lot about the coronavirus and about how they don't want to get it and they don't want to give it to people, but they're still only eight and five years old. So I don't think they completely comprehend what's going on. And I think that that's, uh, uh, that's going to be one of the difficult things here is losing that social connectivity of a person to person. Um, like you said, technology is awesome. And, you know, being able to watch movies at night, being able to watch TV and have iPads and everything else is great. But what do you do when you're not being able to go to the playground? You can't play baseball. You know, my son is is in uh, machine pitch for the first year and was just getting the hang of it. And now all of his games are canceled. You know, that, that there, there are things that are, uh, you know, consequences of what we're going through that how do we ever get that back? It's going to be very interesting to see what happens when we do finally start getting back into whatever the new norm is. You know, something that just happened while I've been on the phone this morning, um, and I, I'm I'm not complaining about it happening. I'm just simply taken aback that it is happening. Um, the, we were going to stay at the Ritz-Carlton in Orlando for Memorial Day. That's kind of our, our, our tradition for that. Um, they just can't they just sent us a letter and said that they're you know they're um suspending operations through may 27th and so that is more than two months away that the biggest hotel outside of disney or the most you know the most the nicest hotel outside of disney in orlando is saying we're not going to be in business um so you know as much as the president is saying hey we're going to open back up as much as people want the economic uh, or the economy to get um, jump started again. Here is somebody saying, "Hey, we're not jump starting, uh, and we can't jump start." And I imagine it that that's not the only uh, major hotel that's doing that right now. And so um, we're in it for the long haul, which kind of prompts me, you know, what are you seeing with your credit union members? What are you? What? What's? Give me the lay of the land for. For your industry right now sure you know this is uh something that is unprecedented uh you know one thing that i'll say as a trade association you know we're particularly representing credit unions in the southeast and and to let the listeners know we are the trade association for credit unions in alabama florida and georgia so we've got you know 330 plus credit unions that we represent um we're, we're pretty well adept at crisis situations because we've had to deal with hurricanes in the past and tornadoes and, and a lot of natural disasters. But those are typically uh, resigned to one area or one geographic footprint. You know, we had Hurricane Michael where we were in Panama City and the surrounding areas daily helping the credit unions there. Uh, and we could shift our focus to do that. This is affecting all of our members uh, equally. And so what we're seeing is uh, credit unions are coming together to, to help each other out. And that's kind of a unique uh, thing about the credit union industry is we are cooperatives. We believe in people helping people. And we're seeing credit unions come together to, to give best practices, to help folks out. We have one credit union uh, in the state of Florida that had to uh, leave their building because they were on a, a campus where they were getting space uh, in a building. 
and they were afraid that their their members were going to be uh, dis, you know disaffected because of this. Another credit union said, "Hey, you know what? We will dedicate one of our branches to where you're able to do your business out of our branch." Uh, that's something that I don't think you would see in a lot of other industries. Um, but we're seeing a lot of disruption in business as far as lobbies are, are closing down because people don't want that person-to-person contact where you're going to have to do uh, by appointment only uh, if you're going into the lobby. But the big thing to let people know is that credit unions are operating in this state and, and in all three of our states, but credit unions are operating uh, and, and they're at full capacity. Uh, um, they're, they're able to do everything that they've been able to do, whether it's open accounts, do loans, mortgages, uh, everything that they've been able to do in the past. Yes, there may be a little bit of delay uh, due to the situation, but they are working around the clock to help their members. And the other big thing I want to get out there for folks is do not go to your financial institution, whether it's a credit union or a bank. Do not pull your money. Your money is safer in a financial institution than it is in your own hands. We are all federally insured, credit unions by the NCUA, banks by the FDIC. Uh, we are all federally insured. Your money is guaranteed when it is in that financial institution. When you take it out of that financial institution, you bring it home. If you take your money out of your credit union and you put it in a cookie jar or you bury it out in the backyard, that money's on your hands. There's no insurance. Uh, you know, it, it's up to you. I, I would implore anyone, do not take your money out of your financial institutions. They are protected no matter what happens, even during the biggest financial crisis uh, we've seen in our lifetime, uh, you know, during 2007, 8, 9, that whole period, the the fund, uh, the, the National Credit Union Share Insurance Fund never lost a dime. Uh, it was fully uh, operational, fully insured, and credit unions did not lose uh, members' money. So that's important for people to know. When did coronavirus get real? I, I've been asking people when it got real for for you personally, but when did it get real for the banks? When did it get real for the credit unions? When did when did you guys say, like, I'll be honest, I I did take some cash out of the bank. Uh, I didn't take all my money out of the bank by any means. I agree with you one thousand percent. I just wanted some cash sure. here for um, you know. I, I just took some money out so that I'd have it for the people that were, you know, tips and yeah, people doing things. Um, and I didn't, and I knew that I didn't want to go to the bank for a little while to a, you know, into a physical bank uh, for a little bit. But when did you all get alerted? When did, when did that get serious on your all's end? You know, I would probably say around the same time as, as everyone else in, in, our three states, you know, probably about two weeks ago, two, two and a half, three weeks ago. Um, that's when we started really assessing the situation. And we started looking at, you know, as a trade association, we have a lot of conferences, a lot of events, educational events, member to member events uh, and travel within the organization that we do. And we started thinking, oh, my gosh, we got to sit down and we got to figure out what we're going to do. And that was probably about three weeks ago when we actually had our first internal meeting where we started saying, okay, this could be disruptive and what are we going to do? Uh, so probably, you know, as the legislature here in Florida started to wind down and they were going to conferencing, uh, uh, you know, we started looking, this is getting real. We started seeing uh, organizations shutting down uh, events and, and we said, okay, we got to, we got to start 
thinking of contingency plans. So we had our first meeting. We talked about our next upcoming event. We had an event that was scheduled to be in Amelia Island uh, for um, credit and executives. And we started thinking, okay, what do we need to do? We reached out to the- Wait a uh, second, hold on, hold on, hold on. Why was I not invited to that retreat? <laughs> I'm always available to speak. <laughs> at the Amelia Island Ritz. I just want to let anybody who listens to this know <laughs> that when the economy comes back and you start booking the Amelia Island Ritz, that I am available. Um, well, I will definitely make note of that. I'm writing that down right now. I, and that they, they know which room I like, which is one of the, the beach side with the nice, um, uh, what is it, the fire pit outside, you know. Yeah. Um, they, uh, the, I've got my reservation set up at Salt whenever I want. Um, that's my favorite. It's just that's our family's like favorite place to go oh, outside of fantastic. out of Disney. It's just so it's so Florida. It's just yeah. so you know old. It's like you feel like you're in old Florida there. So all right, go ahead. <laughs> well, and and so we made the decision that that was that event was going to be the first one we really had to act on. And so we reached out to the the hotel. We started making contingency plans, and then it got to the point where we were like, look, we can't host this event. There's just no one's going to come. There's nothing we can do. Uh, you know, the hotel isn't even really going to be able to operate fully to be able to host the event. And so that's kind of when it got real for us. Yeah. Um, and so we are now doing uh, at least twice a week. We're meeting. We have an internal uh, task force to handle this. Obviously, you know, myself, our CEO, um, all of our you know areas that you would expect HR, our education and training. We're all meeting to talk about okay, what are our internal policies? Do we need to update them? What about travel? What about allowing people into our buildings? Um, you know, what do we need to do? And so we're, we're meeting at least twice a week. Um, and then sometimes things pop up. You know, last night we got word that potentially the governor of Georgia was going to do a shelter in place order. So we had to meet and talk about what does that mean for our folks in our Duluth office? Uh, he didn't end up doing that fully. Um, so it didn't affect the folks in our Duluth office, but we still had to talk about it. Um, so it's gotten, I think every day it gets even more real. Uh, and then you mentioned earlier, you know, the long haul, how long are we going to be doing this? Uh, you know, the president came out yesterday saying he wants people to start getting back to work, but how, how realistic is that? Um, and so we're, you know, we're reevaluating how we do everything as an association, virtual training, virtual meetings with credit unions, even virtual staff meetings, uh, because, there's some people that don't want to be in the same room, even if you are at the office. Uh, so, well, that that's that has nothing to do with coronavirus. Well, that that's just true. Has to that's do. true. That you know, that's You're just. Lucky a... I've known you a long time. <laughs> um, all right, so I've been trying to. It's such a. I'm gonna have to come up with a better way to segue here because I've been. When is coronavirus? real for people and they have these serious stories. And then I asked them, hey, do you have a good Netflix documentary you want to recommend? <laughs> um, give me a couple uh, couple of recommendations on what you're doing, uh, a couple of recommendations on how to best hunker down, things that you're watching, maybe something you're reading. Um, I don't know, there, I've, people are giving me video game recommendations right now too. So um, give me a couple of recommendations uh, to, on how to hunker down. Yeah, you know, one thing um, that I always personally feel is uh, no matter how old you get, you always need to be learning. Uh, and so I'm currently uh, reading for our leadership team. Uh, we do quarterly trainings and we're reading a management book right now. Um, I highly recommend anyone that is in leadership to, to look at a few of those books. Um, you know, one that I'm reading right now is called Touchpoints. 
but there's a lot of good ones out there. Uh, so, so I would certainly recommend folks to, to polish up on their professional development. Um, that's something that you can do remotely. There's a lot of good videos out there. For family, uh, you know, one thing that uh, I, I'm working on with my family is we're catching up on the Star Wars movies. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm a huge Star Wars fan myself, and I've seen them all multiple times. But, you know, when you got young kids, you want to catch them up on them. Uh, but also all the all the great movies of our childhood I want to share with my kids. So I want to watch, you know, even though they're a little young and there's a little language in there, but like Goonies, uh, you know, Back to the Future. It, it's a great time to revisit those movies and, and you know, show them what growing up in your age was like. Uh, and then as far as documentaries, uh, you know, that's one thing I haven't um, really looked at yet, but I've got a lot of friends that are, are sending me a lot of ideas. Um, someone mentioned to me the other day, the Serengeti documentary uh, is amazing. Um, and that, you know, especially for kids and then all the museums that are offering all these virtual tours. Um, I heard about the Atlanta Aquarium is doing one now. Um, I know that there's uh, museums up in New York that are offering virtual tours. NASA is doing some for the Kennedy Space Center. Those are some great things, especially as the kids are, are stuck at home to, to have them look at. I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't recommend going to the cherry blossoms one because there's just too many people out there and you don't want your your kids to say, hey, they can be outside. Why can't I? Uh, but there's a lot of great things out there. And like we talked about earlier, technology makes it so great to be able to get out there and, and uh, you know, explore some of these things virtually. And just I'll close here with this. How's your brother doing? How is um, Scott doing? Scott Ross is one of my longtime friends in the process. How's yeah. he doing? How's uh, how's his family doing? I got to check yeah. in with him. They're, you know, Scott and I keep in, in constant contact. Um, we haven't seen each other, even though we literally live around the corner from each other. Um, you know, I, I could almost see his house from my, my front porch. Um, but we, we talk all the time. We text, um, you know, they're doing as best as they can, can right now. As you know, Scott and Ashley have two little ones, uh, two beautiful little girls, and they're trying to keep them occupied. Um, I know my kids keep asking when can they see cousin Kendall and, and cousin Aww. Sarah Kate. And, uh, you know, we keep telling them right now we just can't. Um, but, you know, we're, we're hopeful that soon we'll be able to go over there and, and have a little swim party with the, the cousins and, and be able to kind of laugh at this whole time. But, you know, he's he's doing well. I think he would have loved to have had a little bit more of a relaxing time after legislative session like you talked about. Uh, but we're all making the best of a bad situation. And, and uh, I would just say to, to all my friends that are out there and, and anyone who hears, you know, let's just all keep in touch and, and try and keep each other as mentally sane as possible during this time. That's a, a great attitude. I really appreciate you coming on today. Um, hopefully we'll check back in with you in a couple of weeks and the situation will be improving. And um, I hope to see you real soon too, up in Tallahassee. Yeah. Best to you and your family. Thanks, buddy. You too. Uh, best to Michelle and Ella. And you guys uh, take care and hunker down. Okay. Thank you.